safety like the way I dress today. Every time I wear anything dressy, I, everybody over 50 is, oh, Pastor, you look good today. They don't like the jeans and t-shirts and stuff. That's okay. But I have a pastoral message today, so I figured I need to dress pastoral, right? So it's time for me to, today, beginning of the year, since this is the year, God says, quit coddling and start preaching the word even more than you have. You've been truthful. You've been honest. But it's time to preach the word of God as I give it to you. And I've been trying to do that. But today's going to be a little bit more of a pastoral, a, a challenging word for you today. Today's going to be a, a, more of a word that we're going to believe. That, and at the, end this, at the end of this message, I'm going to give you um, some, some tools. And also, I'm going to make some announcements. And I'm going to give you our two words for this year. Today, it begins. There's so many people that didn't begin this, this, this year off in church. You can see this, the people that's missing today. Call them up. Tell them that they missed it, that they missed the move of God to come next week. Encourage them. Tell them about the service. Before I go forward with today's message, I want to go back a little bit last week and talk about some paramount habits that I want to readdress because God says you need to readdress those. Those habits that we need in this new year if we're going to make it. Number one, as I said that I will read, we, we said I will read God's word at least five days a week. I, I, I seek to apply and obey God's words and his precepts in my daily life. And I'm going to give you something at the end in just a few minutes. We're going to talk about that. But the thing is, let me tell you what. If you don't read the word of God, you're not a Christian. You can't read. You cannot because this is life. This is your instruction book. And, and nobody has it all memorized. And if you got it all memorized, then you need to go back again because it's something you missed. If you're not reading the word. You got to pray daily. You got to communicate. If you're not communicating with God, you're not talking, you're not, you don't have a prayer life and, and, a, and a reading your Bible life, then I question your relationship with Jesus. At the best, it's on rocky ground. So it's time this year for us to say, you know what? Yes, you know, it, it, to my flesh it's cumbersome. To my flesh it's a burden to have to go, remember to have to go pray and have to do this prayer. It shouldn't be a burden at all. It should be a blessing, not a burden. But it's time that we say, you know what? I'm going to dig down. The end is near. We all know the end is near now. It's not, it's not, it's not, it don't have to be prophetic because it, it is. You can tell by the signs of the times, everything that's happening, it's here. We are in the end times. Whether it's now or in the next hundred years or next 20 years, who knows? I, I believe I'll see Jesus split the eastern skies personally. But it's time for us to, to it's time for us to, to, to begin to say, you know what? I'm going to just grit. It's, it's hard. You know, but to become great, you've got to do great things. If you're going to become a, a great ball player, you've got to go to them two-a-day and three-a-day practices, and they hurt, and they're, 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 they're in your way. They're, they're burdensome. They're, they're hurt. They're, it makes you strain. It, it makes you tired. It makes you weak. But in the end, it makes you stronger. So it's time that we quit playing around with God and, and having an okay relationship with God where we just know that we're just going to just slide into heaven and say, no, God, I'm going to walk boldly. When you say, well done, the good and faithful servant, I want faithful to really mean something. And so pray. Read the Bible. Number three, I attend church um, and worship services in small groups faithfully. Okay, COVID's been over for three years. It's time for us to say, you know what? I got to get back to the house of God. You know, well, I don't have to be at church to be a Christian. No, but it sure makes it a whole heck of a lot easier. 
When you got brothers and sisters around you that's praying for you, that's caring for you, that's calling you, that's talking to you, that's ministering to you, that's saying a pastor that, that can, is, is here for you to lay hands on you to, 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 to give you what God has. You know in this room versus watching on television the difference in the worship. It's not even the same. Thank you all for watching online. And a lot of you all are sick today and a lot of you all are out of town. You can't get here, but I'm praying that God will still bless you in your room as you worship him. He will inhabit your praises there. But it's just not the same as being in the house. And it's time that we say, I'm going I'm to make a commitment that I'm going to be in church every single time that I can and get all that I can from God. You know, as a matter of fact, that's why I had, like, you know, Craig mentioned, we've got membership apps. If, you ha- if you're not a member, do you want to be a member? I don't really care about that. I think if you come you're, and you give and you pay any tithes, I think you're a member. But, but, but some people really like the, 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 the ability to say, I'm a member. And so if you want that, that's fine. You're welcome to do that. We'll have a class at the end of the month and um, on February the 3rd, we will celebrate our 8th anniversary, and on that day, we'll take in some members. And so we hope you will be there um, and hope that you are able to do that. Now, the next thing, I told you I'm going to give you tools. I'm going to go ahead and talk about the tools right now because when it comes to, to worshiping, praying, and reading, we're going to start a 30 for 30 campaign, okay? 30 for 30 for campaign. Us and um, Southampton um, Kingdom Impact Church in Virginia, Franklin, Virginia, we're doing this together. And this is 30 for 30, 30 intentional minutes with God for 30 days, okay? I'm going to help you. Some of you are like, but I don't know what to read. I don't know what to do. I'm going to help you. Here we go. It's going to have ten, we're going to have 10 minutes of worship. Just play two or three Christian songs, two or three worship songs, and just have a few minutes that you worship, right? And then 10 minutes in the Bible, okay? Not only are you going to have 10 minutes in the Bible, I've got every day starting tomorrow written down for you. Tomorrow you read John chapter 1 and chapter 2 and Proverbs chapter 1. It's just three chapters a day. And you can read that in probably less than 10 minutes, okay? It's, not, it's going to be very easy. You're going to read all of John, and then we're going to read 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and then all of Proverbs, and then at the, end, at the very end, we run out of John's. So we're going to start reading. We're going to, we're going to go to Deuteronomy and read some Deuteronomy. Because do you know that Deuteronomy is the most quoted book from Jesus? Jesus quoted Deuteronomy more than any other book, Okay. And so we're going to do that. And I got it written down every day. I got these pieces of paper at the very end of service. We're going to pass them out for those who want them. And we want you to take that. And we want you to do a 30 for 30 with us. You know, I said five days, but let's just be real. We need to read every day. And if you get in the habit, and once you do this for 30 days, this is going to get, put you in a position to say, you know what? I'm feeling better. You're going to like it. So therefore, you're going to want to continue to do this. You may want to increase that time. You know? And like I said, we do what we want to do. Every one of you in here wastes 30 minutes or an hour a day at least on Facebook, on Insta, okay? All about stinking drama. All about idiots thinking they know the Word of God better than everybody else and telling you, you're going to die and go to hell because you're not like me. And then you got all these other idiots out there that are all, all they're doing is telling all their family drama. I'm like, that's between y'all, bro. I don't, I don't care to hear about you and your mama's fighting and what they said and she said. And then, you know, and then I catch myself... Going through the comments. Oh, crap. What did they say? What, what, what did you ah, I hate it. It can become addicting. But we waste 30 minutes every single day. It's not going to take any more of your time. What you're going to do is you're going to find out that you're going to give up time of something that was meaningless to you and put in something that is life-changing to you. Okay? Number, now, number four, I, I seek to... Discover how God has gifted me and use those talents. We need workers. We're at a place now. We're starting to grow again really good. We need workers. 
We, you know, I'm going to have an usher meeting, a greeter meeting. If you want to work in the green room, we're outside with the food. Or you, or you want to, to help with um, when someone passes, passes away, you want to help do the flowers. And you want to help. Uh, I've desperately, I've never had anybody that could stay out there in parking lot on Sunday mornings and, and, and greet people. We need a parking lot greeter out there. We have people here and there who don't. I need pastoral care team. When someone's in a hospital, I need you to go with me and sit with them while, while, while their loved one's in a hospital. And I'll come in and I'll pray. I'll sit for a little while. I'll leave and go on and do some other things. And then you stay there and minister to the family. You know, we need we need some people um, for, for to do some... Pat, um, uh, Miss Betty um, Garvey was here. She's, she's moved to the mountains. She Every time somebody was sick, she would send some cards to people um, that were sick from the church. There's nobody to do that now. She, she's gone. I have all the cards back in my office. If you're interested in doing that, let me know. I can get you the, 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 the email and the addresses and stuff. But, but we need you to use. We don't need anybody just sitting around just soaking it in and not giving anything back. That's not good for you. That's unhealthy. If you just eat, 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 and never discharge, then you know what? You're going you're gonna to have an upset stomach, right? So we need to give back. We need you. We need your help. If we're going to grow, we need your help. The next one. I dabble and, and, and tinker around this a lot, but I want to tell you, it says, I have become, I, I will become faithful in my tithing and giving. It's the word of God. The word of, it's the only place in the word of God that God says, if you test me, you try me, I'll prove myself to you. There's no place else that it says that. You know, and, and the thing is, is we got to do that. I've got so many of y'all that have come up and give me testimony after testimony that I paid my tithes and, I, and, and God answered over and over and over again. It's, it's, and we got to quit tipping God and start tithing to God. You're not, you're not giving it to me. You're not giving it to the church. You're giving it to God. Well, then when you give it to God, I, we're not, we're not, I don't even, I don't even have money. I don't have a checkbook. All I have is, is a credit card. I love how this how, how Kingdom Impact does it. We get the money here. Somebody sends it off on money. All the money goes up there. There's no checkbook. If I need a check written, I need to call to Chesapeake, and they write a check. That helps me because you know what? There's a lot of pastors that, that, that write checks and do things they shouldn't do, right? You know, but you're not going to have that with me. All I have is a credit card, and every time there's a credit card, I have to give a receipt. So, so it's going to be good. So the thing is, you're not giving You're giving to God. But, but if somebody misappropriated funds, you, you, it's not your fault. You're going to be blessed because you gave to God, not to the church. So let God bless you and be faithful in that tithing. If we're ever going to get out of this building, we need more people paying tithes. If we're ever going to prosper we're going to, you know, and be able to do more outreach and do bigger and better things, we need more people tithing and giving. Number, number six, I humble myself periodically in fasting and prayer. Well, Pastor Doug, what you, I noticed that you said we're going to pray and read the Bible. Yep. How about the 21-day fast? Nope. Well, why? Because if you ain't reading your Bible and praying, fasting ain't doing nothing to you but having a diet. If you're not reading your Bible and you ain't praying, fasting is just a diet for you. It's just you're just missing a meal for no reason. Because the reason for fasting is you fast, you take that time, and you read and you pray and you do things. So let's focus back on the basics. Let's, let's read the Bible and pray, right? And then we can, maybe later on in the year, let's have a, a corporate fast. Amen? Okay, next one. I will diligently apply God's words over my life. In, in the Word of God, and my weaknesses. You know, I need to, I, I, so, so many of y'all, I know some of y'all told me, it's so hard for me to forgive, which means you haven't forgiven yet. We got, it's time that we let stuff go. You know the issues you have. You know, if you have a porn problem, you have an anger problem, you have an addiction, you have resentment in your heart, you have bitterness, you have a gossip issue, you have a gambling problem, you have a lust problem, you have a sin problem. You have an alcohol problem. Whatever it is that you're indulging in, whatever it is, time for you to say, God, I'm giving this to you. 
I'm not turning back. This is my year. This is it. Number eight, I develop a habit of sharing my personal testimony. Nobody, do you know 98% of people who, who, who get, come to church come because somebody invited them? So if you aren't, there's only 2% chance somebody's just going to show up. And we've had, God has seen that sometime this year. We've had several people this year that have seen it, but they've seen it because I posted stuff online and I put stuff on our website and they saw that. So it's still an invitation. So I need you to, to help me because I try to invite people every week. I need you to invite people. Tell people about the church. Tell people about what's going on. Tell them about our word for the year that we talk about in a few minutes. Tell them about our worship. Tell them about how God's doing things, how we've had people healed of cancer and all kind of anxiety healed and all kind of, all kind of heart problems healed and how he healed a pastor. Praise God Almighty. So, so, so the thing is, is I need you to say, you know what? Give your testimony. But I don't really have a big testimony. I mention this all the time, but what did the blind man say when they came to him and said, hey, what happened? He says, I don't know. All I know was once I was blind, but what? Now I see. Just say, look, man, all I know is, man, I was a drunkard. I was this, I was that. And now all of a sudden, man, I just love people. I love God. I got out of that stuff. I'm not drinking anymore. I'm not doing whatever. Whatever it is, I, I don't have any, any addictions no more. Okay? The new year is here, right? This is a new year. It's a, a fresh start, a new beginning. There's no better time to start than a new year. We start on our birthdays. We restart on our anniversaries. We start after six months, trying for the second half of the year. But the best time to start is the new year. And it's time for us to make up our minds that we're not going to play games with God no more. God, this is you. I'm all about you. I'm going to quit being about me, quit being about my flesh, and I'm going to be about you. 2019 to 2023 really sucked really bad. It was horrible, wasn't it? It was just, I mean, it's just bad. You know, and I thought, you know, COVID's over, it's going to get better. It didn't get much better. Okay, now we've had a year in between COVID. 2023 is really going to beat it? No. Mm -mm. But I'm here to tell you that 2024 is going to be the year of the open door. It's going to be a year that God is going to, that we're, that we're going to say no more. It's going to be a year that we're going to say, hey, it's not just us that are four no more. It's everybody. We're going, to, we're going to have souls win. Last year we had 34 souls or so. I think last year our word was overflow. We had 34 souls that were, that were saved. We had, um, eight, I think, 18 baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, we had, man, it was incredible, all, all the souls that came to Christ last year. I believe this year... Um, God is going to do some incredible stuff as well. This year is going to be the greatest year for us, but it's also going to be the hardest year for us. Well, I don't like that, Pastor Doug. Well, if you're playing in the Super Bowl, that's the hardest game of the year, the most important game of the year. But you go in there knowing, that even though it's the hardest game, you're planning on winning. Why? Because you've trained, you've prepared, you've been ready, you fought, You've already done all the grit and all the grime. You've done all, all the things that you need in preparation. You, you've listened to your coaches. You've done everything. So it's going to be hard, but you are prepared for that hard. That's why you start off you know, um, in school with math, and then you go to math two, and then you go to algebra, you know, and then algebra two, and then, you know, and then I don't know. I failed math, so I don't know what's left. But, but, but the thing is, is that you, you do that, and yeah, that trigonometry is hard but you're already prepared for it because you already took the other basic things to get there. So I'm here to tell you, for the past seven years, you've taken all the courses to be prepared for this year to be great, even though it's going to be hard. Is this okay? I'm sorry. I just, I just got to follow God today. I got to tell you what God says. Ooh, I've been in bed too. I've been in eight days in that hospital. It's just, it's just giving me. I got to get it out. 2 Corinthians 5, 15 through 17. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life 
will no longer live for themselves. We're not living for ourselves. We're living for Him. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we've stopped evaluating others from a human standpoint of view. We quit judging people based on our human view. At one time, we thought, Christ, we thought of Christ even from a, um, a human point of view, that He's just this cosmic guru up there in heaven. How differently we know Him now because of our relationship. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Old life is gone. A new life has begun. I hope you're inspired for growth and change this year. And, but there's one thing that's certain. If you are not, I say this a lot, if you're not intentional, nothing will change. So what is the one thing this year that would be a game changer for you? What is the one miracle? What is the one thing that would really radically change your life? Is it somebody close to you giving their heart to Jesus? Is it an addiction or a stronghold maybe? Is it maybe for your marriage to be healthy again? Maybe is it companionship? Is it maybe that you develop a spiritual discipline in reading and praying God's Word every day? Is it healing in your body? Is it prosperity and you need wealth? Is it hearing the voice of God? Is it just a, a, a straight-out miracle that nobody can do but God? We often look into the future and see incredible things, you know, and we want to live out our purpose. We're just not sure about the future if that purpose will happen. So here's a couple things that we need to do. Number one, and I, I, I preached a whole message on this, so I'm not going to belabor this point. We need to pray bold prayers. We waste our time going to trying to open doors that God has got closed. We're still praying for this door to open that God has said no, 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 and we're still knocking on that door. We can get a crowbar and a hammer and beat that, try to beat that door down. We can end up flat on our face. Or we can get flat on our face and ask God to reveal the door that He wants us to open. We have those two choices. Kevin McAllister prayed a beautiful prayer in, in Home Alone. He said, Bless this highly nutritious microwavable macaroni and cheese dinner and the people who sold it on sale. Amen. That was a bold prayer to try to pray that macaroni would be nutritious. Right? So even in Hollywood, you can see people praying these bold prayers, right? I had to have a moment of going too tense. But, but I know it's a basic concept, but it's very important. We want, we want God to do the big things, but we don't want to do the simple things that God, basic things that God asks us to do for God to do the big things. We want God to answer our prayers. We want God to, to, to perform miracles and signs and wonders, and we want to feel goosebumps, but we don't want to pray. We don't want to read the Bible. We don't want to ask somebody to, to come to Christ. We don't want to tell our testimony. We don't want to do the small things. We don't want to live and, and, and have the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, meekness, temperance of faith. We don't want to do the simple things, but we want God to do the big, hard things. Do you know that the first people that were, that, that were called to Christ were not the Jews? Were not, they, weren't called, they weren't called Jews. They weren't called the children of Israel. They weren't called Hebrews. They weren't called disciples. They weren't called Christians. They weren't called uh, followers of Christ, or Jesus freaks. They were called, if you look at Scripture, those who call upon the name of the Lord. That's how it started off. Those people who call upon the name of the Lord. That's, that was the first name of a Christian. 
And the literal meaning in Hebrew for that means to cry out, that to call upon the name of the Lord, call, is to cry out or to implore aid. It's time that we as Christians cry out to God and implore aid from Him and call Jesus. Have you ever heard what Jesus' phone number was? 333, Jeremiah 333? That's how you call Jesus because it says, Jeremiah 33.3, Call to me and I will answer and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Call to me and I will answer you and show you. If you don't call, I'm not going to show you things you don't know. You're just going to know what you know. But if you call to me, I'm going to show you things that you do not know. He's going to give you secrets. He's going to help you. He's going to show you brand new things. If we call to Him, if we implore Him, if we reach out to Him, like never before, I'm confident that God wants to blow your mind this year with His blessings. Ephesians 3.14-23.14 Now all glory to God who was able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we can ask or think. Whatever you think God can do, that's not even close to His ability. Your biggest, boldest, baddest prayer that you think you can pray, that this is just incredibly, almost impossible. That's not even close to the possibility of what God can do. Do you know there's a lot of unanswered prayers? Some of you are all like, oh, yes, sir, Pastor Doug, because I prayed lots of prayers that weren't answered, but it was for my good. No, 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 no. There's unanswered prayers because they would be answered. They're unanswered because they were never prayed. A lot of things in your life right now that you need are unanswered because you never prayed for God to do them. I want to pray bold prayers to honor God because God honors bold prayers. Just, and just because you ask doesn't mean that He's going to do it. But you don't know if He's going to do it until you ask. Right? What, what, the answer is no right now. If you ask him and he says, hey, now's not the time, you got the same answer. You might as well ask and let him say yes, right? Yeah, but, I, but that's, that's crazy to ask that. Well, you know, what if I said, hey, I want to believe that God is going to allow us to move out of this building this month. Everybody be like, okay, let's see that happen. Spot, you know, is, is it probable? Absolutely not. <laughs> is it possible that someone could walk in this door today and say, Pastor Doug? I know you're paying for this facility, but there's a facility over here and I got the keys and the title deed to and I want to give it to you. And y'all can move out of this building and keep this building here for a school or for whatever you want to do. Absolutely that can happen. But we're not even thinking about that. We're thinking, oh, we can't do it right now. The money doing this right here. No, God's like, don't worry about it. I got the, I got the title deed to everything. I can move on somebody's heart. Pharaoh did not want to let the, the, the children of Israel go. Matter of fact, he let them go and then said, what did I just do? Go get them. They went and got them, and he said, let, let them go. What, what, what? I did it again. God speaks to people. When God speaks to people, they have no choice but to obey. Number two, God-sized dreams. There's a big difference between a good idea and a God idea. And we need to, we need to let, allow the God ideas to come in our hearts. In Isaiah 43, 18, 19, <clears throat> Jesus is talking about all the things he did for the children of Israel. But then he said, but forget all that. What? All the miracles that you did for all them, that forget that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. <clears throat> see, I've already begun. Do you not see it? 
I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. See, if we seek him first, seek, him, seek, seek God first, and all this will be added unto you. If we seek him first, <clears throat> then he can do that. He can make pathways in the wilderness. At the end of the year, y'all know we, we had spent more money than we had taken in. And I was praying, and I, I, was, at, I was at this little creek. There's there a couple of creeks that God had really blessed us in the past with. And I'm like, okay, God, this is where you blessed us in the past. Well, I'm waiting. It's, it's dried up right now, but I know some provisions coming. And, and all of a sudden, I heard a bubbling creek behind me. And I was like, what? And there's a big old beautiful creek flowing out here provision. And God's like, don't, don't relegate me to just this, this, this provision that you've always getting there from. I can bring provision from anywhere. I can, make, I can make a river in a dry wasteland. I can make multiple rivers in a dry wasteland. So don't, don't depend on just one way of provision. I got provisions everywhere. Now, just because that's dried up now, that don't mean that God ain't going to use that again. Because he will. And he has. But because of that, God came forth and God blessed us and we got what we needed and we met um, and we, we were able to exceed a little bit what we got, what we spent last year, praise God. Now I'm believing for us to exceed that and at the end of this year have a, have a whole blessing with that. Quit always looking for avenues and provisions in the same place. God's like, why, why are you relegating me to just this? I'm a big God. I can, I, a way, you know what a, a desert wasteland is? It's just Tumbleweeds and dirt. There's nothing there. And it's not, it's not an oasis either that he's talking about. He's talking about a river of living water. Are you ready for that? Don't you want to see that in your family? Don't you want to see that in your church this coming year? For God to speak in our lives and say that I've done great things in your lives. I've showed you some great victories. I've done some wonderful things and, and even miracles. But that's nothing compared to what I'm about to do in 2024. It's, it's ready. He's ready. I'm ready. Mark Batterson said in his book, The Circle Maker, the size of your prayer is determined by your level of faith. I think we slap God in the face whenever we pray a prayer that we don't believe He can do or is going to do. So many times we pray prayers, God, I'm praying, but back in your mind, you're like, I know He's not going to do it. I don't think He can. I'm not, he's not going to do that. How disrespectful to God Almighty is that? Why have we had miracle signs and wonders and healings of cancer? Because every time Pastor Doug prays, I 100% believe the moment I pray is done. Okay? That, that's not about me. I just believe him that much. I'm just a conduit that his healing power flows through. Everybody I pray for, did he get healed? No. But that's not going to stop me from believing every single time I pray for somebody. I'm not going to disrespect God and someone says, I have faith to be healed. And I'll tell you what, if I don't believe it, you're going to hear me pray something like this. God, your will be done. Because I'm not going to pray a prayer of faith that is not faith. I'm going to pray for your will to be done in the situation. If, if, if someone's laying on the deathbed, they're like, pray that, he, pray that he raise up right now. Pray that he raise from the dead. You're going to hear me pray. Because I, I maybe not have the faith to raise the dead at that moment. You're going to say, I'm going to say, God, in the name of Jesus, your will be done in this life. If it's to raise them up, God, raise them up, God. I believe for it. If it's not, it's for them to be with you. Let it be done. So you can hear by my prayer, I'll change the language. of if I, you, can, you can tell if I really believe or not when I'm praying. And it's time for us to be able to pray and start believing how big God is and quit having this little itty-bitty little small God like he's some kind of little genie or something. I think it's time that this can be said about your dreams as well. A lot of you are giving up on your dreams because you think God's not going to do it. Why not dream big? 
You're not dreaming big enough. A great influential pastor one time said a beautiful word about vision. He said, vision is a clear mental picture of what could be fueled by the conviction of what should be. I was like, okay. It's a clear mental picture of what could be fueled by conviction of what should be. This isn't a false hope. It's something burning in your DNA, and, you, and, and we've got to get it out. You've got to get it out, or you feel like you're going to die. So here's a big question. Come on up. I'm going to need you here for a minute. How do I know the difference between a God thing and a good thing? Well, let me give you a few, a few litmus tests. Number one, how is a God thing a good thing? One, does it, align, does it align with the Word of God? If it aligns with the Word of God, then you can know that it's a God thing. Number two, does it advance the kingdom of God? Does it advance God's kingdom or does it slow it down? Number three, does it bless others? Is this, is this going to bless others? Number four, is it confined by, is it confirmed by a circle of people that I know and well, and well trust? Have you talked to somebody? This word I got at the very end of the, I know God spoke it to me, but I ran it past a couple of people that I trust, the people who have a prophetic knowledge, and, and I said, here's what I'm thinking, and here's what I believe God's telling me. I just want to get you, it's not necessarily going to change unless God changes it, but I want to hear, hear your thoughts on it. Does it stand the test of time? Is it long term? And have, most of all, have you spent time in prayer praying about it? If it does, then write it down. Habakkuk 2 and 2, you know, it says write it, write it on a tablet and make it plain. I love what the message says, Mike. The message says write it out in big block letters so you can read it on the run. I was like, yes! In other words, let it be a billboard on your heart. The next course of action that we always go to is, okay, God, bring the harvest. But if you want corn seed, then you need to be planting. I mean, if you want corn, you've got to plant corn seed, right? If you, don't, if you want a corn and you ain't planting no seed, you can stand there and yell at that field all day long, even though you tilled it and you prepared it, and said, corn, come forth! Nothing's going to happen. Why? Because you didn't plant nothing. We don't plant nothing in faith. We don't plant nothing in fear, but expect God to give a harvest for it. You have to do that. you got to say, you got to say God, bring the harvest, but you got to plant seed. And if you don't like the harvest that you got, then change the type of seed you're planting. If you don't like hot peppers and start planting some sweet peppers. Number three, plan for success. Proverbs 21.5 The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. See, our lack of planning doesn't seem to be a big deal. We, you know, you're talking, we, we, you know, planning for success, planning for the diligent. We don't plan a lot. It's not really a big deal until you get that blue circle of death on your computer and you're like, ooh, I might should have done some checkups and some tune-ups on this thing. You don't check your virus protection until you get that little circle of death, right? You don't think about eating healthy until somebody takes a picture, one of your friends takes a picture of you on the beach and you look like a beach whale. That's me. I saw that picture. I was like, oh, I got to lose some weight. I'm getting fat. Got some back fat. Well, on vacation, uh, speaking of personal experience, thank God, um, you know, I didn't want to be in the hospital with about 14, 15 pounds. I'm excited about it. So now I got to gain all that back. Take me a while. 
I'm going to work slowly on it. You don't think about you don't think about your personal budget. You don't you're like, okay, I got a budget, I got my budget, but you don't think about, hey, can I afford this or not afford this? You just go right ahead and start start moving on it because you know, and then the thing is, is all of a sudden you got that bill, you're like, oh, I don't have enough money to pay it. Well, why? Because I used afterpay 14 times. I was on QVC and and it was, you know, $49.99 or six payments of four dollars. You know? Okay, well, four, I can handle four dollars a month, but then you say, okay, well, it's only four dollars a month. Then you order several other things after pay. Now you got $49 a month instead of just one time. Now you got $49 a month every time for the after pay. And we're like, oh, why don't I have any money? What have I done? You don't think about your parenting skills and making sure that you're spending time with your child and investing in your child so your child stands before you and says, hey, I'm pregnant or I'm moving out or I've done this or I've done that. Then you're like, oh, we don't think about um, um, nurturing our, our. We don't think about nurturing our, our marriage until our spouse comes to us and says, "Hey, you think everything's fine?" And your spouse comes and says, "I've fallen out of love with you. I don't really care like I used to." Because we don't plan, we don't think about things. We need to plan in every part of our lives and make sure every part of our lives is healthy and whole. Because then, if not, we sit there and think, "God, what happened?" Research shows that those who write their goals down significantly more reach their goals than people who don't write them down. Because a vision, a vision without action is just a daydream. And lastly, execute the plan. Take the leap. Everywhere in the Bible that God did the miraculous, somebody did something first. Fire came down from heaven. What did Elijah have to do? He had to pour water all over the bulls. You probably didn't think about this one. Whenever the children of Israel stepped into the water and the water parted, it says they put their foot in the water. They stepped in the water. They took a step. Their feet were wet, and then it separated. They just didn't stand there and say, okay, God, you're going to do something coming. You're going to do nothing. No, they had to take a step of faith. It says their feet were wet. You say, you've got to do something. Now, salvation is free. You don't have to work for salvation. You can't be good enough for salvation. You don't have to work for it. But once you are saved, the blessings of God take action on your part. Finishing strong is critical, but you can't finish what you don't even start. So what does God birth in you this year? What clear mental picture is fueled by conviction of what could be and should be? What is Holy Spirit speaking to you? What steps are God leading to take you in? I'm going to give you this word that God's given me for 24. And I've, I've mentioned it. Actually, He gave it to me for something else to be a part, to put it in my heart. And it's still in my heart for that. But God says, no, that's your words for this year. I'm like, well, that's two words, God. You know, He's like, those are your words for this year. Then I got intimidated. Let's be, let's be real. Let's be honest. I mean, let me show you a little vulnerability. I got super intimidated because I understood what that word meant. I was like, God, we're, we're a small church. He says, you always say you don't want the size of your church to dictate your impact. And I said, yes, sir. He said, well, quit worrying about it. And I said, but God, but, 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 but. He said, Doug, it's not on you. You obeyed me. It's on the people. If they want this to happen, I give them the word. I'll give you the word. And if you want this to happen, it's going to take sacrifice. 
It's going to take commitment. It's going to take dedication. It's going to take you doing the things that you need to do and take a step that foot in the water for this to happen. So if it doesn't happen, it's not because Pastor Doug missed God because I didn't. I heard from God. It's because you didn't obey God to get what you needed. And, and, and this may not be a big word for some of y'all, but if you can study it, we'll talk about it in the next couple of weeks. But the word, if you put it up there, 2024, is open heaven where divinity meets humanity. Pastor, what's open heaven? An open heaven is what we talked about that's happening on some of our worship night. Open heaven is when there's direct access to healing, signs, wonders, miracles, the voice of God, the power of God, the presence of God on earth. On earth as it is in heaven. It's, it's a moment in time that during our service, at some point in time, at the altar, during worship, whenever, whenever, that there's a, on, on earth, it's just as it is in heaven. Is there healing in heaven? Yes. Is there miracle signs and wonders in heaven? Yes. Everything that you need is in heaven, right? Well, as in, on earth as it is in heaven, the same moment. That means it's all here. Direct, open access for us. That might, that might not excite you, but man, it excites me. Because I'm here to tell you, God's like, this year there's going to be an open heaven here. And if you just will obey me, you'll worship, you'll read, you'll pray, you pay your t- you do what you can do. You, you be a committed Christian, whatever that means. And I will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you cannot contain. I'm believing. I believe that we're going to have more miracles and signs and wonders. I believe you're going to hear from God. I believe things you've been praying about for years and years are going to happen this year. I believe you're going to be blessed financially this year. I believe you're going to be you're going to prosper this year. I believe, as long as it's in the will of God, all these things are going to happen. I believe it. And we're going to start off by having our worship night on February the 2nd, and it's going to be called Open Heaven 8th Anniversary Worship Night. Open heaven. This is where God, God first told me to start calling the worship nights open heaven. But what, what we're going to do is this is our eighth anniversary. On that Sunday, I'll talk about our anniversary a little bit. We're going to play it down this year and next year for eighth and ninth. And we're going to have a worship night for our anniversary. That's going to be our worship time, our celebration. Okay? And then that way on our 10th anniversary, we'll have a big old blowout. We'll just blow it out of the water. But that's what we're going to do. We're going to have an open heaven, 8th anniversary. Please put on your calendar. It's, it's fe- oh, ooh, scared me. February the 2nd at 7 o'clock. I didn't think I had the time on there. February the 2nd. And if you see there's an open heaven, but there's keys. There's a key. There's a keyhole. A keyhole. So we're going to talk about some keys to the open heaven in the next several weeks. So what I want to do right now, I want you to be committed to this. I want you to be tired of playing games with God. I want, you to be, I want you to be tired of having one foot in and one foot out. I want you to make a commitment to sacrifice, to commit, to do what it takes to see this happen in our church. And then once this begins to happen, God's going to grow this church. Why? Because I'm not trying to grow the church. I'm trying to grow people. The kingdom. And when I grow you by trying to get you to do these things, then you grow and people grow people. The church will grow by itself. I don't have to worry about that. So if you cut the lights on just a little bit, please, before I pray. If uh, 
Dwayne has those papers. Dwayne has a bunch of these. And if you want to commit today to taking the 30 for 30 challenge, I want you to raise your hand and he's going to pass them out to you. Well, Pastor Dave, why don't you just pass them out at the door? Because I need commitments. I want people to say, hey, I'm going to do this. Because if you just pick it up at the door, you'll forget about it. But if you raise your hand, you're saying, hey, I'm committed. I've committed to Pastor Doug that I'm going to try to do this. I'm not saying you're not going to miss a day. I'm not going to say you don't finish with chapter one day. I'll probably will. Hopefully not. But you're saying, I'm going to do my best to finish this and do this. And we're going to do it together. And man, after 30 days, man, I'm believing it's going to radically change us. And right in the middle of those 30 days, we're going to have this open door worship night. And I want you all to invite all the churches in the world. I want to have standing room only because the power of God and the presence of God is going to fall in this place like you've never seen before. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of God. I feel excitement. I feel expectancy. I feel your excitement and I feel your expectancy. Call some people who weren't here. Anybody else need one? Anybody else need one? We'll have some here next week. I'll put it on the in the loop on the on the Facebook page, and I'll try to send it out on an email or text or something as well for those who want it. We got some more for people who didn't get to come this week. They can look at it next week. But I'm believing that this is going to radically begin the change in our church. It's going to change you, and I cannot wait to see all the miraculous things. How many people is going to believe with me that God, that this is the word for this year and that we will see signs and wonders and miracles and God's voice and His presence on earth as it is in heaven in this church through you? God is no respecter of persons. He picked 12 dummies to be His disciples. David had his misfits. Right? How many times in the Bible did you just like, how in the world did he become king? Don't let it fool you the size of who we are. David was about five foot and 13 years old and took down Goliath, and that's what we're going to do this year. We're going to take down the Goliath in each one of your lives, one by one. And we're believing it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. To God be the glory. Satan, you're a liar and you're defeated. I serve you notice in the name of God Almighty under the blood of Christ that you were defeated, that we are victors, that we have an open heaven, and you we serve you notice that you are defeated this year in Kingdom Impact in Jesus' name. That we will have signs and wonders and miracles, opportunities. God's voice will speak to us. We will be victorious in Jesus' name. We're believing for you, God. We trust you, God. Jesus. God, we thank you, God. In the name of Jesus, this is the year, guys. We need you to stay with us. We need you to be fervent. The fervent prayer of a righteous man and woman availeth much. Pray those fervent prayers. Pray big, pray bold. And I believe we're going to have to put up on a wall some kind of thing or something of miracles and signs and wonders and answer prayers. We'll have to put that up on the door somewhere, somewhere in, in, in the house. We love you. We thank you for all that you've done. You're such a big deal to me. And you're a much bigger deal to God. And he's going to show you how much a big deal he is. You are to him this year.
Hallelujah.